You're listening to the Pure Fury Creations Podcast Network, powered by Anchor.fm. The following is a close to the heart presentation in association with the PFC Podcast Network and has been rated L for mature audiences only. Some language and dialogue may not be suitable for members of a family under 18 years of age. Uh, We are going to uh, tackle a genre of sorts. But you and I didn't have any clue what the hell we were going to do. We're going to talk about movies, we're going to talk about TV shows, we're going to talk about toys, we're going to talk about, you know, all the things that made this such um, such an important part. I love toys. I'm Jason Klaus. I'm Sean Grugel. And we are Power Tripping. Through the 80s. Here on the PFC Podcast Network, powered by Anchor.fm. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Power Tripping Through the 80s here on the PFC Podcast Network, powered by Anchor.fm. I'm Jason Klaus, being joined by Sean Krugel. Uh, Sean? It's uh, going to be one of those cool episodes, I feel like, because it's not just you and I here this week. We have a couple of guests that we're going to bring on to the show here momentarily. Uh, but before we do, how's things in the fine town of Holly, Michigan? I, you know something? I This goes to you oh. and it goes to Claudel Edwards. Okay. You guys. trouble. Are all done doing live shows because every time you two get together, all hell breaks loose. We wind up with more snow than an Eskimo's up to an Eskimo's asshole. You need to stop this. But other than that, things are fucking groovy. Thanks for asking. I'm so glad that I did. I'm glad we had this talk. Um, (laughs) No, it's weird, right? It and it we do that show once a month, right? And like the days leading up to it are 40s, 50s, sunshine, not a drop of precipitation. You get within the 24 to 36 hour mark before we're supposed to go on the show, and like all hell breaks loose. I don't know why that is, but it does not keep us from from producing some pretty goddamn entertaining television. You know, entertaining television aside, if this shit happens in July and we wind up with, you know, six or eight inches of snow, you know, I, I'm going to have to protest. So that's bottom line. If that's if that's a thing, it ain't our fault, pal. There's something else bigger going on, you know. Hey, uh, somebody's trying to stop you is all it is. That, that, that's all it is. And uh, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you can't stop momentum, man. You know, we're we're like the proverbial freight train that's uh, out of control with no conductor. You know, choo-choo. And, um, 
you know, it is what it is. Now, I will say um, this last episode that we did. Now, full disclosure, we are recording this on Saturday Saturday morning um, in our normal time slot that we record. Oh, uh, Klaus and Q show happened last night. And um, I ruffled some feathers, pal. And, and <laughs> I know you haven't watched it yet. Um, it is it will be available on their YouTube channel, but right now it's available on my Facebook wall. Um, I, I ruffled more than a couple of feathers, and um, this is the start of something that's going to be something that's going to be talked about throughout our network here on the various shows. I'm very curious to get Amy Sheridan's uh, take on this when we do the real podcast next week. Um, it's uh, it was a pretty touchy conversation and uh, a little controversial. And like I went, I went, when's the last time you heard me go off the rails? It's been a minute, right? It's been a minute. Yeah. I went off the fucking rails and like bad. <laughs> I, I read one of the reviews that you got last night this morning. And uh, I'll be honest with you. I'm actually, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching the episode on YouTube. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll have to see what happens next. But any more snow? No, no. End it. <laughs> well, hopefully snow will not be an issue on Friday night, March the 24th, when you and I will be appearing live hosting the Power Tripping Through the 80s uh, karaoke and costume party, Backroads Bar and Grill in Holly, Michigan, 8 p.m. start time, runs till midnight, maybe longer we'll see how it goes um it's gonna be a very cool night man and we're gonna be talking about it in the weeks leading up to it but <laughs> time is um is is coming up pretty quick you know like it seems like we've had this thing talked about for a couple of weeks now but then you look on look at the calendar and they're like man it's less than a handful of weeks away and like i'm excited i know you're excited and uh, I'm ready to do the damn thing. Yeah, I was at Backroads last night. Big surprise. You're um, shitting me. Don't yeah. you have an apartment there by now? I I get my mail forwarded there, and Gary, <laughs> the owner, he hooks me up. You know, he charges me very little to zero rent. Um, but I do wake up to a really killer breakfast of a you know the hillbilly burger and you know some fries, and those those are pretty good. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, Talk to DJ Cassandra Ray, and she's going to be on the show with us next week. Yes, she is. We're very much looking forward to that. And uh, I'm still working out the kinks in my uh, my costume, so to speak. And no, kinks isn't a, a keyword. Okay, <laughs> so get that out of your head. So I've had a couple of people reach out to me stemming from last week's show. They're like, "Okay, we know you know what Sean's dressing up as for this." live event and you need to tell us i'm like look number one i don't know he won't tell me jack shit okay i i got the same clue that you people got number two even if i did know i wouldn't tell you (laughs) you know it's just i don't know what you expect but i can sincerely say no i have no shit and idea what your costume is so i'm going to be just as surprised as anybody so 
looking forward to that. I think you're going to be surprised more than anybody, to be honest with you, because I wouldn't be wanting to sit next to me with, you know, me wearing what I plan on wearing, so. There is clothes involved, though, right? It's not like, it's not going to be weird. <laughs> well, <laughs> your definition of weird might be so skewed from my definition of weird. Um, yeah, so we'll just we'll just leave it at that. All right. <laughs> Oops, sorry, Benny. Uh, all right, we have a couple of guests here. We're going to kind of um, we're going to kind of revisit, take take another stance on a previous uh, topic that we've that we've covered here that we've touched on um, in the very early parts of of this particular show. We've got two very cool guests here. One of them is one of our regular co-hosts over on the Turnbuckle Time Machine which the latest episode uh, dropped this past weekend. Um, it is It was an audio and video presentation, so it's either in the archives as part of the PFC Podcast Network, or you can go to the Klaus to the Heart YouTube channel, and you can see the actual vi- video presentation of the recording session. And I added the bells and whistles and the overlays and the pictures and all this stuff. It turned out pretty decently. Um, he is actually crossing over to the 80s land here th- this week. Uh, MWO Hall of Famer, uh, somebody that uh, both Sean and I just think the world of, and we're very happy to have him on here this week. I will introduce him, Tim Williams. It's good to see you again, my friend. Welcome to Power Trip and uh, through the 80s. Uh, thanks so much for having me on. Um, if there's uh, two things that my brain retains. It is wrestling knowledge and 20 knowledge. So uh, uh, thank you. Sorry if that was a spoiler. I guess we haven't talked about the topic yet, have we? Well, I mean, people are going <laughs> to see it in the, in the title of, of the file. <clears throat> so it's not going to be a huge surprise. Uh, I'm hoping you have some knowledge of toys since you are the owner of Plastic Planet and Lapeer. Cheap plug. Yeah, we're going to get to that here in a little bit because and I was actually looking. Oh, you beat to, me to it. <laughs> listen, we've got all the time in the world. Um, <laughs> Sean and I were talking last week, Tim, and like you were brought up because um, moving forward, like starting next month, we are aggressively looking to get some sponsors for the show and not just like pre recorded ads. They would be live read throughs like. Um, like what you would find on Conrad Thompson's podcasts and things of this nature. And I was going to use your store as kind of my practice run. And like, I had all my shit written out here and it was like, I had practiced it and like, I was going to su- surprise you with it while you were on the air and I come down here and I can't find my goddamn paper. <laughs> so, but we will uh, have- no, no. Yeah, no problem. Any any mention is uh, any mention of it's good either way. Oh, um, for sure, man. I mean, what, I mean that's what this is all about. It's about you know getting the word out, making you know yeah. people aware of what you're doing, what we're doing. It's a win-win. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, I am I am working on a jingle to tell you the truth, but uh, I can't debut that yet. <clears throat> Ooh. Intriguing. It's a total ripoff of an old uh, the Pier staple, though. I thought From you were going to say like From Toys R Us or some shit like that. No, no, I'm trying to keep it uh, keep it local. Fair enough. 
Fair enough. Sean, we have another guest that's going to join us. Would you like to do the honor, sir? Yeah, I got this guy sitting next to me. Okay, well, great. This isn't a video, pal. This is an audio <laughs> podcast. Nobody knows who he is. Pronouns, pal. All right, all right. Well, sitting next to me is one of my very, very good friends. Uh, dude's been talking my ear up about toys for the last 24 hours to a point where my eyes go across because I have no idea what the fuck he's talking about. Uh Coming down from Traverse City, he is a custom toy maker, mm. and I have uh, Pickles the Clown, or otherwise <laughs> known. Yeah. <laughs> okay, he he he's now half the man that Pickles the Clown was. Very proud of him about that. But I have sitting next to me Benny Richard. Benny, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on here. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, I mean, as we have have said we are going to talk about toys this week and this is something that is going to be of special interest to all of us all four of us um now we're going to try to keep things somewhat regulated to the 80s but i mean when you start talking about things like toys it's hard to get into a conversation like that without comparing what we had when we were kids in the 1980s versus like what they have out now now for me personally you know wrestling figures were the staple of my childhood and as an adult i have quite the collection of uh of wwe action figures and they're obviously you know very far removed from the old ljn um rubber figures that we have alluded to previously in this show and you know all all the technology that they have now with the scans and all this other shit that makes these action figures right um let's let's uh bring bring our guests in here tim now you you own your own toy store downtown lapeer plastic planet um right there on uh west nepocene if i'm not mistaken and um so kind of tell me what what spawned the idea of you opening your own toy store? Because when people embark on something like this, you know, it's, it's, it's a touchy thing, man, because if you want to be a success as a business owner, you got to have something that is going to resonate with the customer. So, I mean, what is it about the toys that has always been, you know, something that you are obviously very passionate about? Um, well, Oh, I mean, ever since I was a kid, I, I, well, I'll just say, you know, I was five years old when Star Wars came out. Okay. So when that came out, you know, that not only did it revolutionize the movie industry, obviously, but the toy industry, too, because up until that point, um, you know, pretty much the staple were like the eight inch Mego action figures. Um, and because Kenner um, wanted to make the the Star Wars spaceships um, part of the line, they thought that it would be way too much money, obviously, to make giant spaceships to fit eight-inch figures in, so they shrunk the figures down to about three and three quarters. Mm -hmm. And then that kind of became the staple from that point on. But anyway, so I was like right there in the in the beginning of that so 
that was just like a humongous part of i mean anybody around my age growing up at that point that was just a huge part and then from there the gi joes were like 12 inches and then they had to shrink and then they kind of disappeared for a while and then they brought those back as three and three quarter inch figures too in the beginning of the 80s mm -hmm. um well my uh so um yeah so we had and, and also up until that point um there wasn't like a huge uh a huge thing as far as licensing um licensing movie action figures and stuff mm -hmm. uh they just weren't that successful um so uh sorry to go off on this rant but anyway so like i was just right in there and it was it was just always like a huge part of my life I mean, there was a there was a part where I had stopped when I was like in high school because it wasn't cool, um, even though I still would kind of pay attention to what was going on in the toy industry. But then I didn't really start collecting again. I started collecting again as an adult around the early 90s. You had like the X-Men figures out. Um, you had Trendmaster Godzilla and then Spawn came out after that. So the spawn figures were just amazing to me um so then i started collecting those so anyway i had amassed a huge collection of stuff that i didn't really realize like how how much i had until i started to, well one my ex-wife would complain about it all the time and two uh i started doing <laughs> I, I can feel you on that one, pal. <laughs> i started doing toy shows uh a few years ago and um I guess I didn't really realize until that point that it was a viable thing that there was a lot of other people that as many other people were, were interested in as as me. So uh, and then I also looked at what I had in my garage and I'm like, I'm not even making a dent in this stuff with even with these shows that I'm doing the Comic Cons and, and stuff. Um, so uh, uh, yeah, it just it just kind of worked out that um, that I found the place in the pier in the Lyric Mall and um decided to to give it a shot and it's going fairly well i assume i can't complain I, i'm coming up on my uh one year anniversary i believe it's march 5th will be my one year anniversary and uh i as you guys know i i started off in the back of the lyric mall people didn't know that i was there it, it was still okay but now that i've been able to move up to the front right on the street uh mm -hmm. that that's helped quite a bit um so so yeah uh for my first year i can't complain i mean there's obviously ups and downs like like everything like february's been a little down but um but i'm hoping when the when it stops snowing and the sun comes out it'll uh it'll help because that seems to well that's apparently my fault so i'll i'll go i'll go ahead and work i know on that. <laughs> just saying as long right, as Adele and jason don't have anything scheduled you should be okay so. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay. all right <clears throat> Well, I mean, I've been to your store. Like I've seen, I've seen your layout. I've seen what what you got in there. Very impressive. Uh, you know, a lot of the things that you yeah. have in there. I'm like, man, I, I remember that. Oh, I remember that. It, it's kind of like walking in in into Sean's house because like <laughs> he's got that one room where I mean, it looks like a museum to '80s toys and memorabilia, and it's you know very much the same vibe. Um, Benny, kind of kind of talk to me about uh, your your fascination, your interest in toys. What were the ones that that stuck out to you, and 
and I'm very intrigued with the with the knowledge that you are a custom toy maker. Yeah, uh, so like everybody else, you know, starting out as a, as a kid and a brat, you know, going around and getting all the wrestling figures. I had two older brothers; they both were into it, um, and they passed down their stuff. So I had like the old original Star Wars stuff, um, and then I got into uh, all their LJNs, the Remco figures, uh, even some of the New Japan stuff, the WCW Gloobs. Mm-hmm. Think of, and then now, obviously, like you said, the elites, the basic figures that you get. Um, the the world of 3D printing is amazing, and I've been dabbing and getting that stuff. So I've actually been finishing collections uh, via that, um, and then doing my customs and stuff with with 3D printed uh, pieces. So um, I think probably I I think I'm collecting more now than I was when I was a kid because when I was a kid it was always like Christmas time or birthdays or holidays like I would get a figure I would get something whereas now it's like got a little extra in the bank I'm going to get zombie sailor toys or I'm going to get you know I'm going to get cello or you know the, there's a asylum uh, figure company out now that does the same like they do a Runco style figure um, so now I find myself like oh that's cool like, I don't know if you guys follow the zombie sailor stuff, but they're cheap plug for them because they're doing great work. But they're getting contracts with all the old legends and, like, guys that are, aren't signed um, and putting high, highly detailed, basically customs because they're all hand-painted, uh, hand-sculpted, and then put into a mold shipped out worldwide like their Danhausen figure they did they did a special edition that came with like a bag of human money bag of all you know all of all of his shtick mm-hmm. and just the friggin detail on it and it's a retro style so it's a Hasbro frame uh personal sculpt so they're not like using the the Hasbro sculpts they're doing their own sculpts like they'll do jumpers and stuff like that but like Dino Bravo, it looks like a Dino Bravo. Right. Uh, they got Earl Hebner. They got Jeff Jarrett. I mean, every, everybody you can think of. They've got a laundry list. And they're, uh, he's looking at right now. The Andre figure is amazing. Andre the Giant. Best Andre I have ever seen. Um, yeah. Andre the Giant has always been a very hard figure for a very hard person to make into a recognizable figure and it's just not and they have a hard time really capturing what he was you know what, what he looked like his body and his his head itself his face his face is amazing yeah right there oh my goodness yeah. and they're true to scale so like he they got him and King Kong Bundy, and they just announced one man gang, and they're all all those guys are all like true to scale. So they're like Andre's like triple the size of everybody else. Like they did a demo, so they're doing him like full scale, and they're they're still made of that same. If you're familiar with the PV or the like the Hasbro stuff, they're they're made with the same like PVC plastic, so they feel in hand just exactly the same as like the old Hasbro's 
the downside so, is the downside is they don't have like working like they don't have like the punch of doom or like the elbow right. they're just posable but they're still quality like amazing figures so you know as tim was laying out his his story like he made mention that star wars was what really got him like that was the line that got him hooked into the whole toy thing. I mean, even though we're kids and I mean, we're going to, we are going to gravitate towards toys. It was the star Wars franchise that really attracted his attention. Is that the same with you? Did, did you get hooked into, into the star Wars thing and then make the transition over to wrestling figures or was I, there something else? I mean, I was, I've always been wrestling, always been, um, I had Star Wars, I had X-Men, TMNT. I had a lot of that, the original TMNT lines. Um, some of the Ghostbuster stuff, but to peg it, it would have to be, yeah, probably because that was like the first thing I got from my brothers would have been the Star Wars stuff because they had the old Darth Vader case with like all the, all the figures in it. Um, so I had that, and then it went right from there to all the LJNs. I had the sling them and fling them ring, you know, everything. And I have that now. Like I, I do too. He knows my collection and I've got, I couldn't even tell you how much I have now. So I, and it just keeps growing. The LJN figures, the original ring, like yeah. those are, those are the only ones that I kept from my childhood. And uh, well, the little Hasbro ones too, that came out in like, they, they started coming out in 90. Um, I started. I still have a bunch of those too, uh, Sean. I I know you've you've mentioned this before, but was was it Star Wars for you that was your really first big passionate franchise line? This is gonna sound crazy. No, um, I mean I had Star Wars figures, but I didn't get uh, into toys till like I want to say between eight and ten years old. Uh, because everything that I had, we we were outside a lot of times. Right. See, like I'm the oddball out here. Well, I had a couple LJN figures, or I, you know, that's about it. LJN figures. I didn't have the wrestling toys like you guys did. Um, I was more into the oddball toys. Like I used to have the original um, Dungeons and Dragons figures. With the Fang Fortress, that was kind of my thing. Um, the Intertech water guns, I don't know if you guys remember those or not. Oh, wow. So Intertech, they actually had to ban them because they actually looked like assault weapons. But they, <laughs> yeah, they didn't have, they were the ones that uh, prompted. They didn't have the orange. They didn't have, yeah, they, they were the company that started the orange tips on plastic guns because kids were getting shot over the fact that they thought that they had, you know, real assault weapons. Um, my big toy growing up, I absolutely loved the Stomper vehicles. I don't yeah. know if you guys remember those. Yes, are. sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, the tires I, I, ballooned up. Is, is, is that the one? No, nope, these were just little motorized cars that could go over anything, or that's how they build them as. Yeah. I mean, as soon as they rolled over on their side, they were done. You had to go over there, flip them back up, and you know, put them on their way. But uh, it's amazing to me. And Tim can uh, absolutely um, agree with this, I'm sure. 
the amount of markup that's happened from vintage toys from when they first come out to what they are now is simply amazing. I, I went to a store, I'm not going to mention their name, but uh, I, they had the old Stomper Adventure play set. It was like the bridge with the rocks and everything else. And I was like, oh, this is cool. You know, they only had 20 bucks on it. But they took the Stomper vehicles out and were selling those separately for 85 bucks a piece. And those Stompers are only about, you know, yeah, four, four by five inches, you know, big. Um, you know, so my toys weren't, my toys were more uh, designed for the outside. You know, my parents were more old school that way. When it was summertime, get your ass outside and go play. Uh, we were the family that had the jarts set. Um, that we, you know, as kids, we didn't play jarts the right way. We throw those son of a bitches as high up in the air as we could and see who was going to take the dart in the head. You know, that was our game. You know, it's kind of like arrow roulette. In that <laughs> you talk about playing outside, and I think about when, like, Jeff and I were kids, and we would, you know, because like you said, we spent the majority, if it wasn't raining hard, I guess, if there was no thunderstorms, we'll say that. We were outside, and like we, when we played with toys outside, if we weren't playing baseball or basketball or something like that, we had matchbox cars and a shitload of them, and like all kinds of different. You know, they had the the licensed ones, like I, one that comes to mind. Like I had the uh, the Coyote from Hardcastle and the Gormick, and and the and the pickup truck from the Fall Guy, and then you had your regular just run-of-the-mill matchbox cars and we would set up different roads and stuff all over our yard and things of this nature and if we didn't if we didn't pick them all up well we found out where they were when my dad would run run them over with the lawnmower and (laughs) it becomes it becomes a lethal weapon at this point um now tim with you being you know, a business owner specifically dealing with toys. Um, what would you say is the most sought after kind of toy that people come into your store to ask you about if you have? Is is there one that stands out? Not <clears throat> not really. It's, it's kind of weird. Uh, you know, I, I just figured it would be Star Wars and that's, I would say that's the bulk of what I have. But really, it's it's not like that. I mean, I've had, I've had a bunch of Star Wars stuff up on my wall, obviously, and um, <clears throat> I mean, it's sold okay, but it's not like it kind of goes like one weekend. For some reason, I I won't sell. Let's say I don't sell a Star Wars thing for a month, and then one weekend, that's all anybody wants. Um, last weekend, for example, I sold out of every Taco Bell dog that I had, like the Taco Bell Chihuahua. For some reason, everybody that came in there wanted a Taco Bell <laughs> Chihuahua. And I, I sold out of them last weekend. For some reason, I it, it's weird. And then sometimes, you know, I have comic books too. Sometimes nobody looks at comic books for a month. And then that, that weekend, everybody wants comic books. So there's no rhyme or reason to it, really. Um, it's uh, that, that part was kind of, <clears throat> that part really surprised me. I just figured that there would be a steady, steady flow of people, of Star Wars customers or Transformers customers or, or whatever, and it 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 can't it doesn't really go that way. 
you mentioned uh, Transformers. Um, I feel like the Transformers, the, the basic idea of Transformers was really a game changer. Sean, where was Transformers at in on your radar? Was that something that uh, that registered with you? Because I'm sure you watched the cartoon and 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 all of that stuff, right? Yeah, man, I, I I did have Transformers toys, and I wish to God I still had them because that Generation One Optimus Prime is worth some big bucks now. Right. Uh, you know, I had the Insecticons, I had the Dinobots. Um, uh, Transformers. I I also had, and God, I don't know why I ever got rid of it. I did have the Megatron that turned into the pistol, and uh, that was another one that got banned. Uh, I just found that at another store, and they wanted uh, over seven hundred dollars for it. My and goodness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> go, go, <laughs> I, I had a question for Tim actually because. You know, let's face it, Tim and I do a lot of business, and, you know, Tim, Tim's holding quite a bit of stuff for me. I got to get over there and see him here sometime. Um, <laughs> I know, laugh at me, Tim. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, I was wondering, and I'm, I'm going to ask Benny this, too. Do you find in your store the more obscure an item is, maybe the, the more people want it? Like, I know when I came into your store, and Benny saw this yesterday sitting up in my room, uh, the Weird Science Chet Turd doll the action figure. So if someone sees that, are they more intrigued by that by than looking at, like, the Star Wars figures? Um, yeah, somewhat. I, I, I would say so, because a lot of people don't even realize that that exists. I mean, that that's Super 7. Um made that uh that that's more of like a niche collectors thing i think they gear more more towards uh adult collectors so so a lot of people would not i mean that's not something that you would just see on the shelf at a walmart or something like that so so yeah if they come in there and see something like that they're surprised that it even exists and uh yeah because i <clears throat> yeah i had a couple of those and those sold out quick okay and then for benny when someone orders a custom from you, yes, okay, do they ask for more? Like everyone has a had a Hulk Hogan, right? But Jason and I were talking about last week. Ted RCD was like one of our favorite, you know, figures back then. Do you find that people order more of the maybe lesser known and obscure wrestlers that didn't have a figure made as opposed to common figures? Well, I great question, by the way. I get a mishmash of both. So, and that I actually just got one of my, one of my close, like childhood friends wants me to make it, for instance, um, make him a bone crunching action figure from the nineties. Okay. So his Sultan figure, which is kind of a rare BCA, um, that one, his broke. So he wants me to make a new one with the head that he has for his collection, so I'm going to be taking a uh, Sultan head and putting it on a Vader body. That's what he wants. But um, I do a lot of customs for, like, the Michigan Indies, for instance. So, um, obscure... Like a jobber figure. Like, if so, if yeah, I wanted yeah. an Iron Mike Sharp figure... I, I mean, I'll... If I if I have the means to do a person, I will do it. I did amazing 
uh, for instance, Movado figures. I did three and I sent them to them and they were all elites. I did a I did a full on like Detroit Tigers color scheme one. I did his champion white and gold, and then I did a uh, retro like bumping uglies color scheme. So like obscured like that kind of thing. Um, so you're you're doing more like personal type. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and and I've done I I mean I've done them for my own collection. I've done like fantasy like. Uh, figures that weren't brought out by LJN or you know Hasbro or Gloobs, you know I've done um, for the Gloobs. I they 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 put out a bunch of Sting figures. Well, I did a Crow Sting. I did a Great American Bash Sting. I did you know I had those uh, you know resin sculpted and then painted them up and put all the details on them and that kind of thing. And and ninety percent of the time I'm I'm hand painting all of them, but I got I got fancy and I found a company online that does decals now. So wow. let, me, let me ask you a question, Benny. Um, on average, how long does it take you to make one custom figure? When I first started, I could churn them out within a weekend. Now, I take like a month to do them. You know, um, but if I'm doing like. Like I did my good buddy uh, A7s. I did his last set of retros. Uh, I did his, and it took me a couple months because I'd do like I'd do a tattoo, and then I, you know, these guys that have full sleeves and stuff like that. I try to I try to peg down at least a half ass look of what the tattoos look like. Right. I would imagine that's pretty hard, right? Because you're dealing with a very small surface to paint yeah. and, and, and the details in them. So I, I would imagine that takes some time. Well, I did, I, for for instance, like I the first Mattel custom I did of his, um, I actually commissioned his uh, sleeve out. And I actually had one of my tattoo friends actually do his, like I, I got full pictures of all of his tattoos on his arms. And I had had her go through and tattoo the Mattel figure. I'll be damned. So it had every single detail on him. And I gave her my nail art brushes and I give her my my paints. And I'm like, here you go. Have fun. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and did it. And uh, but now I tend to I tend to do everything. I try to do it as, as quick as possible. So realistically if like you came to me and you're like hey can i get a you know uh like i just give him those hulk hogan and mr t if if he wanted to get like a retro hulk hogan and i could probably turn it out on the weekend you know um you know if if you wanted certain stuff certain details or tattoos or whatever then give me a little bit more time just because i want to make it look right you know throw it together and 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 also like if something happens that I got to get get a decal like like I was telling him I'm trying to finish up Hasbro collection so I got all the, the green cards printed out I got all you know the, the certain stuff printed out uh, the company that I I order uh, the the decals from sometimes they take you know two weeks to get to me sometimes they take you know three weeks four weeks it all depends on what they decide to ship out so. Um, that's the only biggest reason, you know, um, I did like the, 
I just did the two crush figures. So I got the Hawaiian one and I got the Evil Crush for the Hasbro line. Um, those decals it took me almost a month to get the decals for them. Is this uh, is this something that you do for your full time job, or is this just like a hobby, or what's what's the story with this? I would love for it to be my full time job, but no, um, no, it's 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 a hobby. Um, I I I did do a lot of work for merch tables and stuff like that. So, like when I first did it, I I had a lot of that was how I made my money at the merch table. I'd have like an eight by ten. I'd have a T-shirt, and then I'd have basically like the whole roster of figures made up. And I'd make five hundred bucks a night at a show, you know. And it was just it would set me apart for real. So everybody's got a home figure. Everybody's got a you know a wrestle buddy, ten, you know a wrestle buddy that kind of thing. Nobody has a Mattel you know figure sitting on the table of them. So. Right. I would make Pickles the Clown figures. I'd make the Nomads. I'd make, you know, if it was, uh, you know, for instance, uh, the one show is uh, Malice and I think it was Aaron Orion. I think that was the main event that night. Uh, so I made, like, the elites of them two guys, put them in a box set, sold them, that kind of thing. That kind of thing. And, uh, made like my figure vice versa all of the guys and i sold them i made bank that night you know so jason cool. i want to show you something okay you laughed at me when i said iron mike sharp action figure <laughs> oh for christ's sake of course <laughs> but that's another thing and tim i, I want to ask you this you know i was talking with benny and he was telling me about these companies out there out there on etsy and they make their own like LJN rubberized figures with the complete metal metal frame in the middle and everything else. Uh, how good are some of these copies? And have you ever had any come into your store where people are trying to sell them for you, like for a ultra mega price? I have not had anybody bring them in, but um, I I had actually won one of one of there's a there's one on Etsy that, that actually does LJN style uh rock and wrestling f figures I, th I think he he's he's not in the u.s but uh but there was another guy I, anyway i i i was on an online raffle and i i think you saw it um the andre the giant it was like a carded andre the giant from i think the guy's name was peter rico um and he'd only made 25 carded ones i did have that somebody bought that already um but as far as anybody bringing that in no i i mean i've had people bring you know some stuff in but it's nothing it's nothing super rare that uh that anybody has brought in yet um but it's uh, easy to pass off too because like the molded ones that that he's talking about on etsy it's they're they're molded right from the straight from the ljn so you can get a black card figure that's custom from etsy and you're not going to know the difference like they're they're very high quality anymore the whole Etsy thing. Yeah, I. Uh, it, does that does things like Etsy hurt like your business, Tim? Um, I, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to tell. Uh, yeah, I, I think, obviously, anybody can go on and pretty much go online and find 
pretty much any action figure that they're looking for, you know, even, even if it's like a custom or, a, um, or something like, like that. But, uh, yeah, so yeah, I'm sure it doesn't help, but, uh, but as far as having the brick and mortar store, I mean, I'll, I will probably get into more online stuff at some point. Um, but, uh, but just having the brick and mortar store, because I'm more of an old school guy like you guys, uh, you know, I, I at least want to offer that experience to to people, uh, especially now that Toys R Us is gone. Um, not that I, not that I'm comparing myself to Toys R Us in any way, shape, or form, but, uh, but you know, kids just wouldn't have the toy store experience like, like we had as kids anymore um jc you care if i ask the panel a question i mean hey. this is you <laughs> <laughs> so we've been talking a lot about wrestling toys which you know i kind of figured that was going to happen because you know i'm only 25 percent of the conversation and wrestling toys weren't really my thing so i'm going to hit you guys with this one of my favorite toys that i had and one of my favorite toys that i got now and i still don't understand why this was a thing but it's uh, made by Corgi. It's the Superman Superjet. It's like a Matchbox car. It has two fists on the front and it would punch. I don't understand why Superman would need a jet because obviously Superman could fly, right? Yeah. But it's still one of my favorite things that I own, one of my favorite toys when I was a kid. What's one toy, and you guys, all three of you, in your collection that not necessarily had to be your favorite as a kid but what is your favorite piece of your collection now i'll start with benny that would have to be and it's not even and not even my wrestling figures and that is uh my like small pop collection pop vinyls pop vinyls okay and it's because i have uh the cheers okay the Flavin and uh Gosh. Norm? Norm. And my Tommy Boy and the Richard. Tommy Boy and Richard. Yes. Who's your favorite? Would it be Alfalfa or Spanky? Spanky. <laughs> yep. So that'd be and they're not really oddball, but it's a they're the comedy duo, you know. Right. Stupid buddy, you know. Like us. Yeah. Stupid yeah, buddies. <laughs> okay. All right, Tim. What what's the prize piece in your collection? Uh, it would be a, a, a toy that I did have as a kid, and it just so happens that it it has gone way up in value. But that's not why it's my favorite, and I and I'm not planning on selling it. But it is my Shogun Warriors Rodan figure, um, and it it turned out to be one of the. I mean, I didn't know it as a kid, but now it turns out that that was one of the more rare Shogun Warriors. Um, so that's why it's kind of gone up in value so much and it was so basically that was the only Godzilla figure that I had as a kid so it didn't get much play it just kind of sat there and looked cool um so it's it's in, in relatively good shape I mean there's some uh it's a little beat up you know some some parts are it's got like pegs on the back that are broke but but yeah uh I would say that and just uh to let you know have you seen the McFarlane superpowers line the, that they're putting out right now, like the old superpowers line. Anyway, they put out a big version of that 
Superman uh, vehicle you were just talking about that you can actually put him in. Oh, that's cool. Have you seen those? No, no. Yeah, those, those are like at, at Walmart right now. I got what's that? I, I so much so only so much room in my little tiny room upstairs. So that little Matchbox car it works well for me. Um, if you do run across, <laughs> you know, talk about giant robots. If you run across a Transor Z action figure, I, I know someone who may be looking for one. So. <laughs> All right, okay. Jason, your turn. What is the price piece in your collection? Okay, I need to write that down. I need to make, make a note of that because I was going to ask Tim about Transor Z and Voltron. So we'll we'll get to that here in a minute. Um, look, my my current collection spans decades, right? I've, I've made mention I have all of my old LJN figures that I played with, all my Hasbros that I played with, and I started collecting the Jack Pacific classic superstars from WWE um, in that set. And I know it's not 80s, but this is my prize piece. I have a boxed autographed action figure of Hulk Hogan that he actually autographed and what made this figure unique is it wasn't he's not in red and yellow he is in his um american made with the blue tights the blue boots but it also has the hulk machine shit in it with it the hulk machine mask and and the singlet and all that but just the fact that that you know anybody who knows me knows what a huge deal hulk hogan has always been in, you know, he's why I got involved in wrestling. You know, I, I got sucked into the whole, the whole Hulk media boom. So knowing that that man signed that figure, um, and I got it as a gift for my birthday, uh, s- several years ago, um, that, that is my prize action figure. You know, I just, it just, Hulk Hogan signed this. He touched this, you know. Like I'm totally fanboying, you know, fanboying over here over <laughs> it. But you know, that's that's the cool thing that makes toys so special that it it solicits that kind of reaction. You know what I mean? It gets no more real than it. You cannot manufacture that kind of legitimate joy because it taps into a time in our lives where it was so much simpler back then. You know, you want to make us happy, you, you, you bought us a Maxbox car or your, an action figure or, or something along these lines. Um, but my, my, my wrestling figure collection, the ones that are still boxed, you know, I'm pretty proud of that, man. I got a few thousand dollars wrapped up in that. And some of them are very unique. And I just happen to be in the right place at the right time. And they just happen to be there. You, you know. Years, years later, you you know, now with all the boom, like LJN especially, I am a part of a, a few different groups on Facebook of people that will take old beat up LJNs and refurbish them or custom like, you know, a lot like what Benny's doing. Um, you know, they'll take a Hulk Hogan and instead of the red and yellow, they'll put them in the all white, you know, the American made shit or whatever. Um, Ultimate Warrior is is a very popular one because of all the color schemes that he had. So people are recreating his outfits from different matches, WrestleMania six, and when he lost the title at the Royal Rumble and and all of this stuff. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. This one, this one will be uh, either going up on eBay or at my store pretty is that soon. A, I just is that a, uh, realistic fur, also. Uh, no, <laughs> no, it's just it's just paint. It's uh, it's it's uh, full disclosure. It's the George the Animal Steel body, uh, upper body. Anyway, but but this one I thought turned out pretty good. So, I dig it. Shoe baby, even. Even I even found a shoe baby for him. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sean mentioned Tim. Sean mentioned Transor Z. Uh, for, first and foremost, do you remember that cartoon? I do, and I actually have uh, <laughs> I I have a uh, Mazinga in my store right now. A great Mazinga, which uh, I don't remember how that all happened. Like. I think Transor Z is Mazinga, but they just call them Transor Z here. Or there's a couple different versions. I I don't. I'm not. I'm not really familiar with the history of it. But I do have the Shogun Warriors Mazinga. They made like two or three versions. I have one of the latter versions in my store right now, with the box. The only thing it's missing is one of the swords. But but yes, I do remember that. There was like. Uh, Quite a few of those. There was Transor Z and um, Guy King, I think, that had a cartoon. And, uh, yeah, I think there was a couple of those that they had. I, I had mentioned that, what was it, last week, Sean, that, that we were talking about that. And, um, oh, Guilty Pleasures is, yep. is, is what we were talking about. And uh, I had mentioned Transor Z because, you know, I've, got friends that are very close to my age and like we were into very much the same thing growing up and i'm like hey do you remember this cartoon and like literally nobody remembers it and and i had brought it up because that was my first real exposure to anime you know like the japanese influence in 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 animation and Mm -hmm. um you know, with you being so dialed in, especially with things in Japan, you know, specifically wrestling for the most part, but, you know, with the toy thing too, do you see a big, like a renewed resurgence in Japanese based toy lines at this point, or is it just more centered towards the nostalgic American based toys, your GI Joes, your star Wars, your transformers, things of this nature. Well, uh, like I said, I mean, it, it it's it's hard to, to say. I mean, it, it just seems like it's it's kind of all over the place. But definitely, there there is renewed interest in Godzilla, in Ultraman, in um, in Micronauts, Shogun Warriors, like all 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 that stuff. Um, I wouldn't say necessarily I've seen much interest in in Japanese wrestling stuff, but. Uh, but other than that, yeah, as far as the monster stuff goes, for sure. Well, um, let me what ask you. you. What were you going to ask about Voltron? I'm, I'm curious, because you said you were right now Transword Z and Voltron. Oh, yeah. I mean, Voltron, too, along along the lines of Transor Z, because, you know, clearly Transor Z was more of an obscure thing and not, not, a, lot, not a lot of people knew about it watched it 
certainly didn't collect the toys of it. Uh, Voltron is on the other end of that spectrum. You know, they had the two different versions of it. The one, the lions that made the robot, and then the cars that made the other robot. Um, you know, I Voltron is one of those things, like, I want, what, like 10 years ago, there was a huge boom in in this resurgence of popularity in the Voltron with the Lions one. That, like, I don't even know why the fuck they made the Cars version of it. Because, number one, the cartoon was absolutely awful. And, I, like, I get it. It was a marketing thing. They wanted to bust out as many toys as possible. But I can tell you that as as kids in the 80s, like, when I got the Lions Voltron and Jeff got the Cars one, one of us wasn't happy. <laughs> um, off the top of your head uh tim and and benny too uh what do you think uh if you were to find a voltron set you know because back then the lions were sold individually and then you you combine them all to make the big ass robot if you were to find something like that nowadays like the original run of of this toy, what would you estimate the value of that would be? As a matter of fact, uh, I, I believe the first American version of it in the '80s was a company called uh, Panache Place made them. Uh, um, and I was just looking at a collection recently, and the guy had all those. Uh, unfortunately, we could not come to an agreement. But um, I, I want to say uh, that one is probably, you know, maybe 400, 500 bucks, uh, possibly more. Uh, he showed me a lot of stuff, so I, I don't remember. But uh, if, I mean, if it's in the box, th th these were not in the box. If they were still in the box, it'd probably be, you know, more than that. I was going to say, when you said four or 500 bucks, I, I, like, in my mind, I'm like, damn, that's, kind of on the low like i expected you know four figures you know easily um I, yeah like they were not in the greatest condition i don't think um so that's that's why they were around that price i think well hey i say sold i got an 84 voltron upstairs with all the accessories 500 bucks i'll bring it to your store today buddy yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh. I got a couple of Voltrons, including the vehicle version, but I don't think I'm going to be able to say it, sell it now. <laughs> and I'm not so. super familiar with the Voltron stuff, but I, I'd probably agree. Like, Lucy Goosey, four or five hundred with the, with the box, if it was in, in card, you're just jumping up value. And this is me just going off what I know. I'd say if it was full collection, full inbox, depending on the card, I'd say fifteen to two, two grand on stuff. Really, that's yeah, kind of what what I was thinking about too, Benny. Is somewhere in in that price range. You know, I don't know because I'm I don't have my finger on the pulse as to what is truly worth anything. Because, you know, like I said before, I'm part of these Facebook groups that specifically with LJNs and 
like you go on there and it's you know buy sell trade that type of thing and then there's your customs and things of this nature but you get like a beat up like ted arcidi you know sean and i were were talking about this the other day and um like there is a guy on ebay that has a boxed arcidi he wants 275 bucks for that yeah and it's like man you know is the markup is is crazy for what people want like you get a lot of i don't want to say scalpers on the groups but i've been seeing it on instagram quite a bit more lately people are just trying to make a dollar at the, at, at this point with, with the, that's one fire looking kitty yeah uh, that's my buddy <laughs> i kind of like i ran across that with uh somebody had some uk exclusive balloons that um they they showed like the big crate full of stuff and and you just gotta buyer beware at this point like people try to mark stuff up i was trying to get the free birds out of that out of that collection and the guy shot me a message with the price and i'm like right he was wanting almost 200 bucks for free birds and i'm like oh for real yeah they were and they were like they were good they were good condition they weren't amazing and and you got to think they were the uk exclusives they weren't the u.s you know line so that's where he's trying to put them out at you know it's like oh these are the you know you can't get these here you know that kind of thing like (laughs) you're talking about the galoobs yeah yeah Oh, oh okay yeah um that yeah the carded ljn stuff is just yeah and it's and just way up there right now yeah realistically yeah like you're gonna pay out the wazoo to get carded ljns like it's just what yeah. it is they're sought after that's what people yeah. are wanting to get that's why i was telling him i'm just gonna i'll buy the you know for my collection i'll buy the 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 or the um the clones off of you know uh print fury does a bunch of them they're rubber they're true size they're you know i'm just gonna do that to finish out my collection why not you know or the yeah. 3d ones i'll paint them myself and put the, the logos on i'm not gonna pay this 1200 you know one one two three kid you know hasbro i'm not gonna pay 1200 bucks to get it i've got it printed at my house ready to paint and I paid 50 bucks for it, <laughs> you know? Right. It, it, it is crazy yeah. because you've got people that are selling loose figures that they clearly played with. Yeah. And they're, and they're still wanting 50 to 75 bucks for, for those. And, you know, I look at my collection and I'm like, you know, there's, I'm sitting on a little bit of a chunk of money right now that I know I could exploit the shit out of this. Yeah. And and make some bank, but like the sentimental attachment that I have to them, you know, is really immeasurable. You know. Yeah, and I I'm kind of with you with with collection. I don't. I've got some other stuff other than wrestling figures, but the majority of my stuff is is that, and it's and I'm I'm thousands of dollars at this point. I mean, I've got probably. I've got one 45-gallon crate full of LJN, Remco, and everything else you could think loose, and then the rest is all carded. 
and there's, I mean, I'm waiting until we move to get it all unpacked, but I mean, I've, just just for clarification when you for the listeners like i know what you're talking about but the remcos correct me if i'm wrong here but those were made for the awa correct yeah that's yeah. The, yep the, that's essentially like the first uh kind of wrestling figure that was out was the yeah. AWA remco then you get the ljns and, and vice versa so I mean, there's there's probably stuff over in, in Japan that had come out around the same time as AWA, but knows, you know, um, I I like all that stuff, and I'm and that's where I'm at. I'm trying to finish out those little collections, and I was telling him last night, like I'm you know eight to ten figures away from all those being done, and and then I'm like, okay, I'll be happy and and then he gives me this and then he's that's why i've had to take (laughs) yeah yeah the blood the bloody bundy yep i've got the i've got the non-bloody one on cards and i've got the bloody one and then i'll have the zombie sailor bundy when that comes so very cool um let's go around the horn i have a a question for the panel here let's say money is no object Okay. Money is no object. You have a blank check. And you are going after one specific toy or one specific line that you had wanted as a kid. Either you had it at one time and don't anymore, or you wanted it and never got it. And this would be the holy grail of your collection. Do you know what that would be off off the top of your head? Tim, we'll start with you. Exactly. <laughs> um, <coughs> excuse me. I got two, <coughs> two that I can think of right now. One of them I never had because I was getting out of collecting toys. What kind of right around the time that it came out, but it is a holy grail on a lot of people's list, a lot of toy collectors' lists, and it is the uh, the aircraft carrier from the USS Flag from GI Joe, um, and uh, which I. Again, going back to that guy that I was talking to about Voltron, he had that too. Um, but like I said, we couldn't come to a to an agreement on. Actually, he had sold that uh, before before we had finished our negotiations. But anyway, um, and then number two, and and I think I could probably still get this. I haven't really checked into it recently, but I could probably still get this for a reasonable price. Uh, um, the uh, the Star Wars Death Star playset that was so. Basically, I, I think I had not seen in my in my memory. This is how it went. I had not seen Star Wars yet, but I was aware of it. And my next door neighbor came over, not to my door on my birthday. I don't know what birthday it was. Gives me uh, a present and just leaves. Doesn't even say a word. And I open it up and it was the uh, the original Chewbacca. But I just mm. remember looking at the back of that. I just remember looking at the back of it and being like, holy moly, like, what is this? But it turns out, so then I started playing at his house and he already had the Death Star play set. He had like, he had like everything. Um, so that, those are some of my initial memories of playing with the Death Star. Um, and I had the opportunity to get it in the box years ago. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't mint. It had been played with. 
And uh, I'm kind of kicking myself for not getting it because I could have got it for a good price uh, for a while. But th those would be, be my two right off the top of my head. Okay. Benny, you when, when I asked that, man, your hand went right up. You have your answer. <laughs> I have four things that I would I would check off the list. Um, it would be the black card LJNs, mint, no creases. Um, I would have that. I would have the full original TMNT line in card, no creases. Um, the Galoob set from WCW, full in card on the, on the case, everything goes. And then I would have a um, the any of the Hasbro rings especially the jc penny uh, ring in box sealed no creases no damage that would be kind of my thing so it's, it's a good list man you kind of covered all <laughs> all the bases there so what about you sean i'm a greedy bitch i'll take all uh, <laughs> ah man I, I had to do some thinking so i'm glad you Put me here towards the latter part. I, I saved the main event for last, pal. <laughs> well, you know, you would think that I would say something like, I would want the entire Thundercats toy line, which I would, oh, but, or the entire mask, the, you, you know, toy line. Um, but there's two things on top of my list. One I always wanted and one I had, okay? So the one I always wanted was, I would love to have a My Pet Monster. That was the coolest stuffed animal when I was a kid. Um, so much right there now. There is so much money right now. Uh, and then the other one, and Tim, I think this will surprise you because I'm not a superhero guy at all. But when I was young, mm -hmm. we're talking probably late 70s, early 80s. My grandma bought this for me for, well, no, it was Santa Claus that got it for me for Christmas. My grandma just gave it to me. Um, it was kind of on the order of a Stretch Armstrong. It was like a big rubber figure, but it had like this jelly in it. And you could stretch, I mean, just stretch the shit out of it. But it was an, an incredible Hulk. And I think what wound up happening is that I stretched uh -huh. so much that we busted the jelly out of it. And uh, if I could, I, I know I could probably uh, get my pet monster. You know when that happens. I could probably get my my pet monster for anywhere from hundred fifty to you know five hundred dollars. But you can't find those Incredible Hulk Stretch Armstrong type dolls anymore because everything is dried up in the in the middle. So that that'll never happen. So if anyone has a My Pet Monster they want to donate to the museum upstairs, I'll give it a good home. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Jason? Uh, you know, it's a, it's a tough one. Um, I was thinking about, you know, the toys that really meant something to me. You know, and I tried to think outside of the wrestling bubble because you know, once you know, we've, we have documented on this program, once wrestling came on the radar, that was pretty much it. But like Masters of the Universe, He-Man, um, Castle Grayskull, and Snake Mountain, in my opinion, 
were the coolest place sets ever made, especially Snake Mountain, because that part, that snake head came out, and it was like a microphone. And, you know, you could pretend you were Skeletor and talk through this microphone gimmick and, and stuff like that. But having those two play sets on opposite ends of the living room and then, you know, having your little wars and your battles between Skeletor's forces and He-Man's forces, like, man, that was such a fun time. And it really makes me happy that they have uh, re-released that almost that whole entire toy line. And, I mean, pretty much true to scale, too. Like, they have done an amazing job. Uh, Joe Snine um, used to work for the MWO and one one of my greatest friends. Um, he has quite the collection of these retro toys and things of this nature. He actually had a couple of extras, and he gave me an original, I mean, it's not boxed or anything, but an original He-Man and original Skeletor and like those toys mean so much and because number one he thought enough of me to you know he didn't have to do that he 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 could have sold them to me and i would have paid whatever he wanted for them but that's just not how he is but to see that they're now re-releasing these like the box art looks i mean almost identical to the way they did in the 80s and and things of this nature so i mean if 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 I could get the whole Masters of the Universe line re rebought, I I would be a one happy dude for sure. Love me some He Man. <laughs> you know the other line I would go after <laughs> they're expensive as hell, and they just re released them again was the Dungeons and Dragons toy line from the from the early eighties. I mean the Fang Fortress is so. You thought Snake Mountain was cool? You need to look up the Fang Fortress. That thing was just badass. Trap doors, and uh, they had this wall of spikes that you could smash your hero in. You know, I, I was always a heel. So, <laughs> shocker. Yeah, shocker. <laughs> but, oh, man. What, I mean, is there any other special toys that, you know, that deserve to be spotlighted here. I mean, is there anything like, man, we we haven't touched this and it meant something and and all of this? Is is there one or two lines that you feel like really should get more spotlight? Maybe a little bit more. I don't want to say respect because you talk about respect with toys and people just immediately dismiss it. But like for all of us here, you know, there we do have that connection even in our forties and, you know, almost into our fifties and stuff like that. Like we still have, you know, this great fascination and appreciation for these toys. And I hate to use this term, but the toys that made us, you know, this is what, what defined our childhood. This is what, you know, a huge part of what made the eighties so cool for us. It was all the toys and man, oh man, I mean, you go up and down the toy aisle in, in, in the 80s. Well, I mean, Toys R Us was a thing back then. I mean, a whole store dedicated to any toy you could possibly want. What the fuck? You know, <laughs> I would give anything to give my kids that experience, to have that feeling. 
that we had when whenever we went into a Toys R Us. And I kind of wish we had a couple of girls on here because I would like to get their perspectives on the Barbies and the strawberry shortcakes and, and things of this nature. Fair enough. Well, we're, we're, we're in luck. There just happens to be a person of the female origins here. <laughs> we're not talking about Ed, right? No, that's not here. We have uh, Boo here. Uh, hopefully she comes down here. But yeah, that's funny, Jason, because I was just getting—I was just thinking, you know, we are missing on a whole side when it comes to toys. You know, here we have a panel of four guys, and uh, you know, we're—trust uh, me, they—they they can't see you, but they can hear you. They—they oh, they can see you, but the listeners. Oh, I don't care. Uh, come Hi. on in here, have a seat. Uh, I'll tag out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, Benny just tagged out. This is Laura, Hi. everybody. Welcome so, to the show. Thank you. She has to put up with Benny for life. So feel <laughs> bad for <laughs> Well, bless your heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, the question, the question we're talking or we're asking, we're talking about our favorite toy lines, and we are missing out on the female perspective. Okay. So what were your favorite toys when you were growing up? Okay, well, I had an older brother, so my favorite toys were a lot of the stuff that he was playing with. Um, the first one that comes to mind would be the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We used to have the whole lair, all the original toys, everything. It was That was the stuff that I played with as a kid. So, like you didn't do the strawberry shortcake thing? Or... No, I never had any of that. I had a Barbie, and I would put clothes on it and then i was oh, done playing oh, with the barbie i didn't want it anymore oh, Polly pockets so. oh yeah no i did like i like the original Polly pockets as a kid so yeah where were you at on like pound puppies um i think i had a pound puppy as a kid but i was more i was a tomboy i was outside all the time i do have Got some of the worst toys but yeah See, the, Ninja Turtles, the Ninja Turtles would kick Barbie's ass, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for real, right? Yeah. I mean, why that's not not even a conversation at this point. Um, you know, and I'm well. Number one, thank you for for coming on here. You know, on such short notice and everything, because you know we were just sitting here talking and like we've been on here for over an hour and we're talking about He-Man and Star Wars and. And, and things of this nature. And I'm like, damn, I wish we had, you know, a female perspective because like Sean was saying, there's a whole other side of the proverbial toy store that we haven't even touched on yet. Yeah. Well, and just, like, just to give you an example of how I was raised. I, I was a Star Wars fanatic. My dad and I used to watch it every month. They'd come on and that's exactly what we would do. And, you know, typical little girl's four or five years old, I want to be a princess or something like that. I wanted to be an Ewok. That's what I wanted to grow up to become. Yeah, and I mean, I have my Ewok slippers here. I, I Yeah, I'm obsessed with Ewoks. And so. it said you married an Ewok. Yeah. It's <laughs> sad. <laughs> more, more than an Ewok, but... Tim, real quick, man, uh, with with your with your store and stuff like that like i've been in there sean's been in there um where are you at on like on the toys that are geared towards girls i mean i do you sell a lot of those do you even have anything like that because nothing really stands out that i can re remember 
what you had in there. Uh, yeah, I am lacking in that department. Um, I, I mean, I have, I have a Smurf, uh, but it, it's a newer one, but I do have the Smurf, um, house, like Papa Smurf's house. I do have that right now. I have, uh, April O'Neil, uh, from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, the original one on card. I have that one, but I, I will say though, uh, uh, a lot of um, a, a lot of girls or women come in there and surprise me. Like I, w- I would say it's fifty fifty as far as my customers go. Okay. Um, they they just like the same, a lot of the same stuff, really. Um, I I do have I did have some Barbies that I found uh, in my garage. I think they were my exes, but. Um, and uh, I just found some more, so I'll probably start bringing those in too. Because there are people that look that come in there looking for those. Um, but uh, but yeah, I just you know I'm I'm just not that uh, that familiar with with a lot of that stuff, so I wouldn't even know what to bring. I mean, obviously, if I saw some mint on cart, you know, in, in the box, uh, strawberry shortcake stuff, I would pick it up if it was a decent price. Uh, or or whatever. I mean, I would still know what to bring in if I saw something, but mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I, that's just not really really my focus. But I, but that is one thing that surprised me too when I opened up. Uh, I get a lot of female customers. I, I would say right now I probably had more female customers than, than male customers to tell you the truth. Are are they going in there to buy for themselves or buy for their kids or buy for their man? I mean what's uh, what I, are they looking every, for? Every I've had every every scenario. Um but uh you know I mean I have some horror stuff too so uh I've had a lot of them come in looking for horror stuff, looking for you know Wonder Woman comic books or or it it, it just uh yeah, it's just it just kind of runs runs the whole gamut there. You mentioned Smurfs, and that brings up a question. I'll ask the both of you this: from your perspective, <clears throat> do you feel that the Smurfs were were manufactured and geared more towards girls or boys? And I'll and I'll I'll tell you why I'm asking this when I get your answer. I, don't, I I remember watching the Smurfs as a kid. I guess I never really thought about if they were geared more towards girls or boys. I remember I that was one of the shows I liked to watch as a kid. That and like the Snorks and Fred Snorks Fox. was my next one. Yep. But yeah, I, I guess I never really thought about if it was geared more towards a girl or a boy. But eh. Tim, what what do you think here? Well, my first memory of the Smurfs was going into Hallmark before the cartoon was out, and I had no clue what they were. And I bought them just because I they I thought they looked cool. Um, I didn't know what they were, but it was like the little PVC rubberish figures. And then the cartoon came out after. But I would say mm, I would say that uh, uh, it probably at that time I think it was probably geared more towards boys, uh, in, in my opinion. Um, I mean, I watched it, and my favorite cereal of all time happens to be Smurfberry fucking Crunch, and they need to bring that shit back. They need to bring that shit back. I I asked. But I, I would say the probably boys. Right. I I asked that because last week we we touched 
on the Smurfs when we were talking about the guilty pleasures of the 80s. And I think back Mm -hmm. to that time when I was a kid, and it seems like anything that anybody had with the Smurfs on it, trapper keepers, backpacks, that type of thing, all the girls had them. And, And I was confused. I remember being confused back then because in the cartoon... There's only one girl, one one girl Smurf, you know, and the rest were were the boys, right? But for whatever reason, I had it in my head that they were geared more towards the girls, and the Snarks were geared more more towards the boys. Because any conversation that I've ever had, and it just happened here, when you mentioned Smurfs, Snarks is right on their heels, like they're they're you know hand in hand almost here um you know we we had talked about it sean and i talked about it and it was like oh, i i need i need to dig a little bit deeper in this and, and just get different perspectives as to how people because obviously you know your strawberry shortcakes <laughs> clearly that's that's geared towards you know the girls and you know you had all kinds of spe- specific toys that were geared towards one gender or the over the other, but you know, I guess the Smurfs is one of those that can be in in that uh, middle lane. You know, it appealed to the boys, it appealed to the girls. You know, I a Smurfette was like yeah. a big damn deal, right? You know, I just had an epiphany while I was taking a poo. Okay, <laughs> that's usually when when it happens. But I'm cool. what, that's why I do my best thinking is I'm in mm-hmm. the bathroom stinking. You know, that's why. I have- um, what, is, and what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you know, I got to add a little levity to this situation here. Um, I was thinking, you know, you guys were just talking about the Smurfs and how it was geared towards girls. And it was kind of funny because I was thinking about it in there. You know, what subject do I want to touch on next? And I was thinking about marketing. And I'm wondering if most of these companies back in the 80s were much like earlier in the show dominated by men. Because if you think of the marketing, look at the toys that women had back in the day. You had, as you said earlier, uh, Cabbage Patch Kids, Strawberry Shortcake, uh, The Shirt Tails, Munchie Cheese, Cabbage Patch Kids, Troll Dolls. You know what I'm saying? Um, But there was no for lack of a better term, as far as I'm concerned, uh, cool toys. There wasn't. For, for, for girls back then. Uh, what I'm wondering is, is if corporate America in the 80s was so dominated by the male persuasion that marketing towards women was actually lessened, or marketing towards little girls was lessened than it was towards boys. Because look at the toy lines that we had as boys You'd walk into Toys R Us, we'd have five aisles compared to two aisles for girls. Um, And I'm almost, I would venture to guess the company Hanna-Barbera, I would almost venture to guess when She-Ra was brought into production that they probably had some sort of female executive bring that up to, you know, the the male culture within that business. Mm -hmm. And what I'm wondering, Laura, do you think that's why you gravitated more towards the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because the marketing was so much more pronounced? I th- I, like, 
I guess the way that I would think about it is as a kid seeing, like you said, two aisles of toys. And it, from my perspective, they're all geared towards a little girl becoming a mother. That's that, you know, I've got a doll to play with. I've got something to raise. There wasn't any versatility for me as a child, but Teenage, teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know, I mean, hey, they're fighting crime and stuff like that. Or you could, there were different outlets that you could do with these different toys you know I used to play with matchbox cars with my cousin and stuff and we do races and things there's there was more outlets so I think that's why I gravitated more towards the quote-unquote boys toys you bring up a tremendous point Laura and 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 that is the majority of the toys geared towards girls was something of a preparation for motherhood yep and I had not thought of it like that until you said that. Mm-hmm. And if you get it, because not all girls want to be princesses. Not all girls aspire to be moms. Not, you know what I mean? So I can see where if you were not of that mindset, you would gravitate towards the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You would gravitate towards all these other quote unquote boy influenced toys and man oh man what i mean that could be a whole different conversation unto itself i had never thought of it like that i mean i I mean why the fuck would i right but hearing hearing (laughs) you say that wow damn she's absolutely right you know so i the disconnect is is, is there boys could be anything they wanted to be girls could be mothers that's though that's or wonder woman you know, yeah, or Wonder Women. <laughs> Which not to say that mothers aren't Wonder Women. They are amazing. Oh, but I, you know, I if I want to fight crime, I want to fight crime, you know, or whatever it is, you know. See, Jason, see what kind of topics come out of me going to the bathroom. <laughs> Listen, anytime you need to go take a poo-poo while we're doing this, by, I mean, we can set up a remote thing in the bathroom and just don't flush while we're on the air i guess i mean well fuck it i don't care they've heard worse <laughs> out here on the computer i'm an idiot in the bathroom i'm an einstein go fuck me for god's sakes so. <laughs> <laughs> oh fantastic um is there anything else anybody wants wants to throw in on, on this before we put a bow on on this week's show you know what i'll do it for tim If you guys are looking for some retro or vintage toys, check out Plastic Planet in Lapeer on West Nespacing Road uh, in the Lyric Mall. It's a great little store. Uh, Do me a favor. I got quite the balance there. Pay on that for me. I'll take care of you later. I promise. (laughs) Um, uh, But other than that, you know what? The best part about toys is not going on eBay. It's not going on Etsy. It's the hunt. The hunt, you know, it's just like everyone bitching. I'm going to bring up something wrestling really real quick. Everyone bitching that Sami Zayn didn't win the title from Roman Reigns. To me, it's not about Sami Zayn winning the title. It's about the hunt of getting the title. It's that story. The stories you can tell going out and finding the toys from your childhood, that's what's going to make you look like a champion in other people's eyes. Go out, enjoy the hunt, have some fun. Absolutely love it. And and you're right, it is all about the hunt because when you do finally score, you're like, you know, that you know, you have a story now. You have a personal story invested in this particular piece. 
and it it takes i mean it encapsulates what what toys were originally made for you know that feeling that it's it's hard to describe you know you all you gotta say is that feeling you're like yeah i know exactly what the fuck you're talking about um this was a very good conversation and like i am so glad that 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 we did this this week a little bit lighter and 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 i dig it um uh, benny and laura and of course tim uh we certainly appreciate you guys coming on here this week uh sean before we get out of here uh any last uh words of wisdom i mean i know you're not sitting on the shitter right now but i assume you can you know well, first of all, I'm going to pass it over to Benny because, let's face it, Benny makes customs, and I'm sure there are people that are out there that are looking for more information on how to get a hold of these customs. So, Benny, give them your information. You know how to find me. No. I, know, I know how to find you. <laughs> uh, looking in my window while yeah. I'm changing. Yeah. I'm on uh, Instagram and Facebook, I got rid of Twitter. Um, kind of dead space there for me so uh you can look up uh the walking nightmare joseph norton just type that in or uh nomad nightmare one i think is mostly easy to find um and i do i mean i do orders here and there anymore um so i'll always take an offer and what to do um other than that i mean i would love to once i get down and moved and get my room all set up i'd love to be back on the podcast at some point Absolutely, man. And uh, you know, we can dive in and 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 I've even touched base with them on you know possibly getting my own going and and uh, you know even doing tutorial videos at some point and little uh, you know I've always been asked like do like the hyper like the speed speed up videos of like how start to finish like videos of me doing customs but uh but yeah thank you guys again appreciate it. Um, the the pleasure's been all ours for sure. All right, my my words of wisdom, Tim. I'm not trying to negate you because I'm sure Jason's gonna pass it on to you once I'm done here. March 24th at the Backroads Bar and Grill, the power tripping through the 80s costume and karaoke or karaoke and costume party. Next week here on Power Tripping Through the 80s, we will have the fantastic, the fabulous, the vivacious. And I'm, yes, I'm kissing her ass, DJ Cassandra Ray on the show. Um, I don't know if we're going to get her to sing a little ditty or not, but fact of the matter is, is she is one hell of a DJ and you are enjoying, I mean, Benny and Laura was there last night. You're going to enjoy the hell out of her. So she really, she's one of those people that, you know, I've, I've had the pleasure of meeting her one time, but like she made quite the impression she's got a good vibe about her she's fun she's you know she's she has a good aura about her and uh, very much looking forward to talking to her about um, our big event coming up march 24th and and everything that we can expect and not expect because you know you get sean and i in a public realm on stage for the first time in a long time um there's no telling what the fuck is going to be going on. Uh, but more information as we get closer to that will be on our all of our social media outlets, our websites, Facebook, all, all of that jazz. Uh, Tim, any uh, last words from you, sir? 
Uh, no, just thanks for having me. And uh, I think Sean covered the plug uh, pretty much. But um, yeah, so I, I do have some of the things that we talked about today at the store. So if anybody's in the Lapeer area, come, come check it out. We are right next to uh, Sam's Coney Island in, uh, in downtown Lapeer. Downtown Lapeer, in the, in the Lyric Mall, West Nepocene Street. Um, you, you check it out. You yep. will not be I am sorry. Street 102. But you'll see it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, All right. With that, we appreciate everybody tuning in this week. Special thanks again to all of our guests that uh, joined us on on this week's show. Next week, and like Sean said, Cassandra Ray will will be our special guest. And very much looking forward to that. So until then, go out, be awesome to yourselves and to each other, and we'll see you right back here next Wednesday with a brand new episode of Power Trippin' Through the 80s here on the PFC Podcast Network, powered by Anchor.fm. I'm going to (laughs) poop! The 1980s. It was such a great time to be alive. You know, in order to find our favorite songs, we had to go through cassette tapes, and nights out may consist of going to the roller rink, or getting together with some friends to hit the arcade. But on Friday, March the 24th, we are going to hop into the time machine and go back and revisit that time. We are heading to the Backroads Bar and Grill in Holly, Michigan. For an event that's gonna be a lot of fun. It's the Power Trippin' Through the 80s Karaoke and Costume Party with DJ Cassandra Ray. So think about what songs you may wanna sing and gather some friends. Step out on stage and be the star that you've always wanted to be. And if you have a costume, Go ahead and break that out. You will also see, for the first time ever, a live podcast recording of Power Tripping Through the 80s. So join us for the Power Tripping Through the 80s karaoke and costume party on Friday, March the 24th, between 8 p.m. and midnight at the Backroads Bar and Grill in Holly, Michigan. <laughs>